Hello and welcome back to the For Foot Sake podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Bristow. On today's episode, we have three regular guests, all raring to go. Some good topics today. I'm looking forward to it. Our first guest today is Jose and Chill. Jose, welcome back to the podcast. Always happy to be here. Always a pleasure. Jose, how's your uh, past week or so been with FIFA? Um, well, after after last night, I'd say pretty freaking amazing. But uh, before that, just a lot of issues that I'm sure we'll get into, but uh, pretty disillusioned with how the year's gone so far. And I know there might be a few other people that disagree. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure of that. I know we'll go into who you may have packed last night. Um, but yeah, a fairly, fairly big boy. Our second guest today is Slater AC. Slater, welcome back to the podcast. As always, thank you for having me. And Slater, another rank one for you this weekend. How are you, uh, are you finding champs easy this year or you think you've got a lot better with the game? Uh, I think the gameplay is maybe more suited to my style uh, of game. I think it's a slower, uh, more like build up play game, which I think is really, really the way I've been playing FIFA for years and years and years. So maybe it's just more suited to me, but I also think it's, it's a little bit of a combination of maybe being a little easier, but I would argue it's I'm not nearly as stressed um, with gameplay anymore because I don't feel uh, the need to hit certain ranks or and there's less games. So I feel like it's a kind of a mentality thing that's helping me get uh, these rankings. And how did you get on? What was your record on the end this weekend? Uh, I ended up giving away my last three games, but I got to 16 and one uh, for rank one, which was which was nice. Look at you, Look at you. best player on, best player <laughs> on the podcast today, I'd say. But we do have another player here who did hit rank one for the first time this year as well. Simply DGR Diego, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a it was a long time in the need. We had uh, hit 15 wins in three weekend leagues, so it was stressful. But I think it's kind of past me now. I just really, really like knew I could hit that rank one uh, after being so close. But I think now that I've done it, um, and after seeing the rewards I got, I was like, okay, well. Now it's time to have some more fun with it. But yeah, it was good, man. But thank you for having me on again, as always. Yeah, no, rank one is, I think it is the one this year, but I think once you hit it, kind of it's a, a weight off your shoulders a little bit. Um, but Diego, how are you finding the game this year? Are you, you enjoying it more than last year? Like, what's, what's your thoughts on it currently? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot this year, despite obviously the, like I said, it's been so difficult to get rank one being so close. I've actually enjoyed it a lot more. Um, I actually think I'm a better player this year than last year, despite what my ranks have shown me. Uh, I'm a big fan of the gameplay because especially when you're on next gen, I think when people are like, oh, this is the worst game we've had in years. This is, you know, this and that. It's awful. It's I've basically played the same FIFA game for three years straight on last gen. I would make the argument that from FIFA 19 to 21, there really wasn't much of a change. And I think such a drastic change was a good thing. Now, obviously, no game is perfect, but I love the fact that it's a drastic change. A lot more playable players are usable this year, which is like my favorite part of the aspect as well. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. Now, I know, especially for me early on, I think the likes of Erlen Brock Haaland was, was incredible. And I know the likes of Zalonis now is bringing him back as a center midfielder, the rule breakers car. But yeah, for, for this year, definitely a lot more usable players. I think the main issue for a lot of people this year is that the game has been so different. But I think also is it's not always the gameplay is the issue. I think obviously a lack of content. And we'll get into that with the rest of the podcast. But I do want to go over to begin with. Obviously, we're currently in the midst of the Rule Breakers promo. Team 2 was released on Friday. So I want to go to you first on this one, though. What have you made of Team 2 of the Rule Breakers promo? 
I think it's really good. I know we had talked the last time I was on the pod about Rule Breakers because it hadn't come out yet. And last year, I think we would agree that it was not a great promo. Uh, and I look at the teams that they've released, and I think Team 2 maybe especially. And I think these are really cool cards. Uh, we just talked about Hollins being used as a midfielder for people. Davies is a dynamic card. Corona looks absolutely magnificent. Uh, Phil Foden looks like a really neat card, but is is way more affordable than I anticipated it to be. I think Suarez is the most expensive card of this entire group, which I would never have anticipated. So to me, I think this is a really good promo. And if you told me that they decrease stats on the cards, I wouldn't notice it the way I did last year. They've really mostly given them awesome boosts. Yeah, that's one thing. I know I know. we're kind of nervous about that. They would have to decrease some stats, but they've done fairly well. I know Team 1, a few people had a few issues where they kind of boosted the cards, but I think in Team 2, they kind of got a spot on with these kind of boosts on these cards as well. But so have you used any of these cards from Team 2 yet or not? Sadly, no. Um, I packed Lopez, who apparently is a really good goalkeeper. Um, I haven't used him yet, but he's the only one I've packed, and I haven't crafted any of the SBCs uh, in Team 2 this far. So sadly, no, but I'm hoping maybe in the next couple of days I pack one player that I can use because I like a lot of the players in the team. If you could pick one player from Team 2 to get in your team, who would you choose? I think Corona for sure. Um, he just looks like such a fun player. And I think even more so to, to change up the squad builder to, I have Wilson Manafa. I packed his UCL and tradable. So I'd love to use that card. Um, also Miguel Layun, I think is a really fun player to use in this game. So linking him into the team, he just allows me to maybe try something I never would a Liga no side to my team. So I'd love to use him. Yeah. And also I think Wilson Manafa is extinct. So you're fairly lucky to get him in your team as well. But yeah, I know. Yeah. Corona five to five. So looks mad. I know a lot of guys that also, I mean, they compared him to the Usman Dembele rule breaker. They're not too far off, to be fair. And obviously, Corona is fairly cheap too. So it's a vibe watch from people who are running on a budget. Jose, I want to go to you next with this one. Jose, what have you made of Rule Breakers Team 2? Team 2 specifically, I think, is a uh, home run. They absolutely knocked it out of the park. Um, Suarez looks very similar to Rule Breakers Kane last year, which is a card that, uh, honestly, not many people got to use, and I hardly saw any of despite maintaining his price for a solid two-thirds of the year, um, just over a million coins. So obviously it was a good card, just one that we didn't see enough of. Um, Rule Breakers Foden, I loved, loved, loved his gold card um, so far this year. And I think that he's probably going to be one of the most desirable cards in the Premier League um, for the next few months, honestly. Um, I did pack Kessie. Uh, I sold him immediately, <laughs> but he also looks incredibly solid. And like Slater said, I think they've done a really good job of redistributing um, stats this year with this promo as opposed to last year, where um, there were sev several cards that I packed last year that left me wondering, is this an improvement on, you know, their base car? Is it really that much better? Um, but the way that they've distributed stats this year make me want to use every single one of these guys. Yeah, no, they've been pretty smart. These, I know there's a few cards here and there that maybe haven't had the, the kind of the right stat increase, but definitely Team 2 looks insane. I mean, Luis Suarez, again, I think he still is right now the most expensive card out of Team 1 and Team 2, even though he's a three-star skiller, which kind of makes you wonder why, how is he more expensive than Usman than Bele? But again, there's a very good with these. But Jose, another same question for you here. What was one card from Team 2 that you'd love to get into your team? Honestly, it would be Alfonso Davies. That card, you know, I look at the stats, it just reminds me of his um, Team of the Year last year, honestly. And he's such a 
good card, even his gold card, in my opinion, is still great. Um, he seems like a reliable option, honestly, for the rest of the year. You could see this guy in squads come team of the season, honestly. Yeah. No, I, I got lucky enough to use him this past weekend. I will say I don't think he lives up to the price, but I do think it's purely because he's got stats that aren't needed for a left back. He, he could be a great box-to-box midfielder. Again, 84 shooting. I know guys even running him as a winger too. But yeah, Davies is really good. I just don't know. It's tough right now, especially with the market too, is that I don't want to use a card like that at left back where I can get a 30k player who can do the same job. But obviously, if you can kind of move him up further up the field too, Davies would be a great option there. And Diego, for you, finally, what have you made of Team 2 of the Rule Breakers promo? Uh, I mean, nothing that these guys haven't said. It's been phenomenal. I was like them. I was worried about rule breakers this year. Just thought it'd be another promo with, uh, you know, a mid team, a few decent cards, nothing really usable, but I think it really hits on all aspects in every league. I mean, I think there's upgrades in so many of these areas. Um, Tecatito is phenomenal. Um, he's currently 45 K obviously the market, some will talk about, but so cheap 45 K. Um, obviously you have the likes of Phil Foden, Kulisevsky, who they lowered his defending, who he's a winger, and they upped everything else. Like, that's what we're talking about on the stats. It's phenomenal there. Um, someone who hasn't been talked about yet um, that continues to prove the brilliance of the Bundesliga defense is Klosterman. I think Lucas Klosterman is phenomenal. Um, that card just continues to show his worth. And he always just has really good animation in his game. He's really rapid. So I think EA have done a really good job on the second team hitting on all ends, right? You've got Bamba. Machis and La Liga, they're known players, and I really do like um, everything that they've brought out. So I think it's a very fantastic team. And Diego, for you, have you used any of these cards yet or not? Um, I have not used any in Team 2. I packed um, Sangare, the Kessier troll. I thought I got Kessier, and then I saw him. So that that was uh, fun. But other than that, I packed uh, him. I packed Lopez, and I actually have used uh, from Team 1 – I used Onyeka as a CDM who was phenomenal. And I think he is the second best defensive mid in the Prem behind Conte. So, I mean, value-wise, he's only 70K. So if you really don't want to spend the coins on Conte, Onyeka's sitting there and he is phenomenal. Yes, that's why they both look very, very similar. And Diego, for you, same questions I've asked the other guys too. What was one player in team two that you'd love to use in your team? It's, it has to be Tegatito. I'm the same thing with uh, Slates, man. Just the 5-5. Five, five, I've used Gold Dembele, and obviously seeing the value in the Rule Breaker Dembele and Degatito is just that card looks really good. He's always he's so jammy. That's a good way to describe it. It's just you can't take the ball off of him, right? He's gonna do some things where you're just kind of like, I don't know what happened, but it happened, and you know you just keep on playing the game. That's the kind of card he is. So I really want to try and wait to uh, use him as a super sub this weekend, or maybe link him with Manafa if I could snipe one. Yeah, obviously, like I said, these cards are a lot of them are really good value. Again, you mentioned Klossman, who I used him this past weekend. Great center back. Also, I think he's a lot better than I did the Reese Oxford card in just over a day somehow. Again, I probably shouldn't have done it that quickly. But Reese Oxford is another one I've released fairly in the past week or so, but very similar. But again, again, I use Bamba as well. Bamba, really, really good. I know obviously a lot of guys are trying to get more special cards in their team. That's what they did this weekend, trying to go with a full special team. But a lot of these Team 2 cards are very, very good. Obviously, had the release of Danny Parejo too, who, again, good value. I think 80K or so, very good options, box to box. But yeah, Team 2, I think overall, as all you guys have said, have been very, very good. 
But I do want to get your guys' takes on obviously the content during Rule Breakers. Question from Jack is obviously, what do you think about the content during Rule Breakers? Hogs, I want to go to you first in this one. What do you make of the content throughout the whole promo? Um, I actually am a very big fan. Um, a lot of my opinions leading up to specifically Team 2 of the promo um, was a lot of general apathy and just disappointment with the game. Um, it wasn't quite what I was expecting. I know there's been a lot of people complaining about the amount of content we've been getting. Um, but I think every single SBC during Rule Breakers has been a massive win. Uh, Verati is a great card. I love using him. Parejo is also in my team, another SBC card during the promo. I also did Nkunku, who I, I think I'm in the large minority. I don't love Nkunku. Um, however, they are all incredibly popular cards incredibly usable cards and not only that for the first time this year really i, I kind of want to do an objective player in fellini um road to knockout andre i did mainly out of boredom never really a card that we saw getting an upgrade and off the top of my head i can't even remember any of the other objective cards we've got but that fellini it could be very dangerous now that the I, the base icon sbc is out most people are going to have an icon in their team so that's one link and let's say in a four five one if they put in a de bruyne or another prominent belgian player mertens is like 1000 coins and he's still quite a good player you've got fellini in your team regardless of league so there's it's a player that forces you to be a little creative but you get a reward in a card that honestly looks insane so i think it's been an incredible promo I love that they put out um, player picks. My only gripe is that it looks like they're releasing player picks on team on week two of promos. I'd love for that to be kind of reversed in case you do want to open player picks for team one and then you could just save a few for team two's release. But besides that, that's such a minor gripe. Um, when for the first time, even though I still feel like SBCs are being let down, there's no league SBCs, there's no milestone grindable players. And I'm sure we'll go into more content, uh, more discussion about how to keep players engaged. But the one thing that they have done well is SBC players. Yeah, spot on there. I mean, obviously, they've released some good cards. I think Rule Breakers has been kind of the the best promo, in my opinion, so far, at least getting people engaged with it. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, we had the release of the Marston player, Ox um, Reese Oxford. But apart from that, really, they're lacking in other areas. But yeah, I, I'd actually be slightly inclined to agree with you with Nkunku as well. I don't want to be... He's a, he's a weird one, purely because I've used his first inform. I don't think there's a mass difference between his first inform and this card. And I half think that if this if his World Records card was on the market, I don't think he'd be anywhere near the price of the SBC. But I think that's partly due to the market being... The way it is but slate for you next what do you, what have you made of the content you're on rule breakers yeah the content i think is like jose said pretty good um i definitely think that objectives have been of all the things in the menu the game have been the most um i guess what's the right word like they they haven't gotten the love they probably deserve fellaini is a great card i, I granted him he was super easy to get which I, which i absolutely loved and I agree, like you can now start to formulate these new teams and he could easily fit into a team. It looks very, very playable. Uh, but I do think there maybe need to be more objective content as a whole, not only through the Rule Breakers promo team one and team two, but just as in the entirety of the game. Uh, when it comes to Nkuku, by the way, I think he's brilliant. So I, I think this is an interesting uh, conversation if we want to talk about that offline. I actually changed my team when I got Vinny 
and then played some games last night off stream. And my team in the midfield collapsed without Nkuku and then reverted back to Nkuku and felt really good again. So, um, but what I do want to say is I think the card design is brilliant. I think a player like Fellaini getting objective is awesome. I think a player like Parejo getting an SBC is fantastic. A guy that is fodder from the beginning of the year to the end of the year now is an 87 pace card that is in people's teams. Right. So for the most part, I think this is a really, really positive promo and they, they made rule breakers, which I think we were all, like I said earlier, not excited for an exciting promo with the brilliant car design that I now look forward to when FIFA 23 comes out. Yeah, definitely. I know obviously you compared it to last year too. I think this year rule breakers have been a hell of a lot better. I will say Nkunku is a good card, just doesn't live up to the value, I'd say, in my opinion, for, for a 160k rate card, but I think he's, he's not bad. He's not bad. Where do you play? Where do you play him in your team? Center mid uh, alongside Parejo right now. He's like he's, he's done a good job in there. He's done a good job, but I think value wise, I'll probably put him around below 100k. Honestly, like I said, if he's on the market, be a lot cheaper. But yeah, it's, it's not a bad card. It's not a bad card. And Diego, for you, lastly, what have you made of the content during Rule Breakers? Uh, I think it's finally been like we said. It's it's a step up from what we've had all year. Um, it's almost been a reverse 360 this year, almost for the sense of everyone last year was content, menus, amazing, gameplay, dog water. Now it seems like it's been flipped. Um, and I think finally, though, like the rule breakers has started to break out more. We're getting likable SBCs. We're getting a lot of them. That's the main thing, right? If we can't complain when you give us this much content, like there are so many player SBCs that are out right now that I didn't really think about until I finished Mara's today, which by the way, I love the fact that he got dropped. I think every year he's always a really good card. All he lacks is pace. They gave him pace. Boom. I think he's very good for anyone. Um, so I did finish Mara's today. Base icon, right? People is, is a great value. No, but as uh, as Slater says, this is your chance at getting one of those top tier meta players and why not have fun with it, man? I mean, that's what the game's about, right? It's not like, it's the end all say all. I might open this base icon. I might get Paul Toes. I mean, the uh, skulls. Uh... <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But, but yeah, listen, I could get someone really bad and I'm going to wake up the next day and I can keep playing the game. So it's going to be some fun. We've been crafting that. Um, player picks, right, are phenomenal as is. I, I've really enjoyed them. Uh, they've also made them really cheap this year um, compared to years before, right? Not needing 11 players. Um, there's plenty of ways to go around it. Um, but so far, I really enjoyed the uh, Rule Breakers promo. This is the first promo where I feel like we've finally gotten a, a little bit of everything with the gameplay objective, right? The SBC crafting, the player picks, really good team all around too. So, I mean, if promos can be like this week in and week out, I think there's really little to complain about because now we're kind of getting some things to play on. Now I'm I'm actually falling behind a little bit in terms of finishing gameplay objectives and just cards because – now we're starting to get to that level. It almost felt like with Antonio out and a few weeks ago, right? I was so far ahead that I was just like, you know, what's next? Like, not that I'm going to use these cards, but it's fodder or just, I need something to do. So now that no longer seems like as much of an issue, they keep it going like this for the rest of the year. I think things are going to get better and better and things are uh, looking pretty good. Yeah, I think that's one thing. Definitely a lot of people I know have been like, oh, I'm going to play eight games, or eight wins on the weekend, get my seven wins and rivals and then what else to do on the game? At least now... At least there are some other cards within the game to kind of grind towards and kind of do some objectives to get them in your team as well. I do want to move on to now the return of Icon SPCs. I know Diego mentioned the return of the base Icon SPC. We also had the release of Miroslav Closer and JJ Kotcher, who 
Both of them, not great icons. The value of them wasn't insane. I know JJ Cotter, I think, is the value of the SBC was actually twice as much as what the card was on the market. But, Diego, for you, are you going to get the base icon done? What are your thoughts on these icon SBCs too, now they just come out? No way. No way should anyone complete these. Now, listen, if it's your favorite player, maybe, but... The value is, gen like you said, it's two times more expensive. It's not like it's close like last year. No, no, it's, it's way worse. But I would say everyone should do the first two squads of every icon. It's two free, two rare gold players packs. You never know what you pack in those. So definitely get those done. But uh, I will not be getting the icons done. I think EA have to realize what they've done to the market. Um, if the market's going to be the way it is, at least make the icon SBCs reflect that which they haven't done with these first two. But I think we had the same issue last year. The first few were really off the mark. And as the year went on, they slowly got a lot better and closer to market uh, relativity. So hopefully it'll get fixed there. But um, for now, I think those icons are an easy pass. But I, I feel like the next few that we, that we come out and get are going to be uh, a lot better in value. Yeah, I think obviously it's always the first ones they choose maybe aren't always the most desirable. But at least now we know that they're actually going to start putting them in the game just depends now on how kind of often they do put them in the game. Because I know last year we had them, and then it was a massive wait into the next set. So we'll have to see about that. Slate, for you, thoughts on the Icon SBCs and the base Icon SBC return into the game? Yeah, the base Icon SBC, I do think if you have the feasibility to complete it over the next six days, it is worth doing. And, and last year, I started with the mindset that you should never do Icon SBCs. And then as I watched people you know, pack and, and and I had terrible pack luck last year when it came to icon SBCs, but I do think you do it. It is really only your realistic chance of getting a Cruyff, a Eusebio, a Holit, a card that you probably will never pack in the game. And the reality is that if you look at every single team that we all get in team reviews, you look at your own team, if you're listening to this, you probably have 500k, 600k, up to a million coins and SBC cards that you've completed this year. And many of them you may not even play anymore. And when you think of it that way and you think about, okay, well, should I gamble on this? I do think the answer is yes. Um, but don't kill your club to do it. That's the only thing I would say. Uh, when it comes to the actual players, Closa, JJ Okocha, when I did my content review, I was super excited. And then when the prices came out, I was like, okay, well, these were really, really bad. Um, and that was obviously reflected as the Icon SBC came out. So fodder just skyrocketed. Um, so they aren't good, but it's just good to have them back. They aren't what we remember from FIFA like 19 years that when Icon SBCs were the best they ever were. Uh, but it is always good to have them in the game because they do at least give you the option if you really do want to have an icon on your team. Well, hey, look, here's an option to, to craft over a 30-day period. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I just hope that we do see them more often now. But yeah, I mean, the first two were weird. And obviously, I know one part of the two, obviously, the release of the base Icon SBC probably did increase fodder by quite a lot. So maybe EA kind of were meant to release these cards at a lower value, but still the value seems so strange. And obviously EA know what they're doing in the market. They at least have some knowledge of if they release this, then this will increase. So they should know what's going to come. But yeah, at least they are there now. We, we've seen them in the game. Just it's all down to EA now where they want to bring them out regularly or wait a month and then slowly drip through them to us. Jose, for you, I know you've already done the base Icon SPC. I'll let you tell us who you got on that. But what have you made of the release of the Icon SPCs finally and also the base Icon SPC as well? Definitely. Um, so I packed Ricardo Coca um, out of my Icon pack, who's my second favorite player of all time. I almost cried when I saw him live in his last season for Orlando City. That's my boy. Dino's number one. 
but of course you can see like the influence that the Brazilian national team had on me and my taste in football um, from an early age. So I was absolutely ecstatic. I, as a result, am very biased as to my opinion of it, but I think it's worth it um, for the exact, exact reasons that were mentioned before. Um, you're not really going to get the chance to try any icons unless you either buy them at exorbitant prices or you do an icon pack and you hopefully get lucky. I got very lucky. I'm very happy with my pull, but odds are you're not going to make your coins back. And you need to know that going in. Um, it's very much an experience SBC, quote unquote, as opposed to one for profit. Um, so if you go into it with the right mentality, I think it's worth doing. As far as the um, actual icon SBCs, JJ Okocha and Miroslav Klose that came out, I have very lukewarm opinions of them. Um, do the first two squads and get out. Worst case scenario, you're going to pack that caliber of player in your base icon pack. Um, JJ Okocha is a very fun card and very good card, but even then, there's many other icons that outclass him. So if you have anywhere near the means to do those icon SPCs, do the icon pack, in my opinion. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. it. It's exactly the spark that I think we needed this year to um, give us something to grind towards, give us a reason to do player picks. Let's say you've got a very solid team and you're satisfied with it right now. You may not see much incentive in doing picks for the Rule Breakers team, but this gives us the desire to, you know, get the fodder necessary for the icon pack. So I think it's a great um, kickoff point the second month of the game, but still, it's a great kickoff point for EA to start providing more grindable content. Yeah, obviously packing Kaka does make it sound a lot better. Luckily, you didn't get a absolute sting because I know that would probably change your whole opinion on that. But yeah, so uh, so share this podcast with your friends, and you're guaranteed to get a caca. To be fair, you're here first. Yeah. I was uh, I wasn't gonna do it, and honestly, going into today's podcast, I was like, kind of gonna recommend not to do it. But hearing you guys speak about it, um, I'm probably gonna end up doing it now. We'll see what we get. I just hope I don't get a uh, a pull toes. In the, <laughs> in the icon pack. I can't believe Diego came out of that. I, I was, that was great. He said it Man, and I was I, like... <laughs> There's your clip just, for the week. I've just been getting spammed with that all week, man. I've seen it in every stream. I've seen it in mine as well. And, you know, it, that's just the first thing that came to mind. So, <laughs> Yeah, I heard you say it and I was like, wait, what did he just say? Did, did he mean to say that? But I do want to move on to, I guess, a... Uh, depends what you look at it. Obviously, with the state of the market, I know that right now the market is probably the lowest it's ever been at this stage of the game. For me, personally, it's affected me a lot this past weekend. I bought in, I think, three new players into my team on Sunday morning. And then by Sunday evening, I lost 300k um, with those three players combined. And I only bought them for, I think around 700k in total and they obviously they dropped massively with the release of the 50k preview pack and whatnot but i want to get your guys take on the state of the market thoughts on it does it affect you a lot slate i want to go to you first in this one though what are your thoughts on the market being so low and do you think it affects you in a positive or negative way yeah i mean i i think historically you guys know i'm not a trader i am trying to learn how to do it but uh you know to me it doesn't have the same effect that it does to many people that are basically hemorrhaging coins as a result of what's been happening over the last couple of weeks with the game. There's a, it's a kind of a double-edged sword, right? If you're maybe someone that 
doesn't always have a lot of coins or isn't a great trader. It gives you access to play with players that maybe you didn't anticipate playing with this early in the game. So that is a positive for those individuals. But then it also has a negative effect too, that maybe you open a pack like last year, for example, I might open a pack this time of year, get a Marcus Rashford and go, Oh my goodness, I have an influx of coins in my team. And then look at the market this year and he's like 12 K. Right. So this, the value of the packs that you're opening now are diminished unless you're getting the top line players, which is either the best players in the promo that are out or icons or Neymars or Mbappes, which are historically really impossible to pack. So I do understand why there's this kind of panic and, and a lot of conversation going around the market because people are seeing something they never have. And also trading has become such a major part of the FIFA community over the last couple of years. Um, and maybe that's, maybe that's playing into part of the reason why the market's like this. We now have so many players in the game that typically they aren't reaping the rewards that they used to a couple of years ago. So I do understand why there's a panic. It doesn't affect me as much. Um, but I always would say this, EA know what they're doing, uh, whether it's good for us or not. And if they want the market to look this way, then it's because they want the market to look this way. So uh, always keep that in mind when you're kind of understanding what's going on in the game. Yeah, that's the main thing, I think, is EA, again, like I said, EA know what they're doing. And whilst people are panicking, people are saying it's bad for the game, EA must have a kind of a long-term kind of goal with this to probably a, somehow make more money or at least make that the promo cards are always the most expensive cards and the new ones that people want to pack and then we'll chuck on people points for them. And it gets to point too that now, even with your rewards that you get, you're not making much money, so you've got no choice. If you do want to make a lot of coins, you've either got a trade a lot or if you haven't got time which a lot of people don't have time is put money on put five points on which even if you do put five points on you're not guaranteed to pack anything worth anything either which is which is quite a big issue diego for you with the state of the marketing it affects you a lot uh and what's your thoughts on it too um it has affected me a lot in terms of my mindset um advice I'd, i'm starting to give people in my chat when i'm looking at teams is especially with Black Friday right around the corner, I think what's best for people that aren't necessarily trading effectively and even people that are trading are getting hit by this market. I think the best thing to do from here on out for the next few weeks is go as, as much untradeable as possible. Um, because I do think when you look at the casual set, right, for rewards, so let's say rank three comes in, right, reds could be great, but packs and coins, you don't really get much. Um, every time someone's upgrading their team every week, you're essentially going to lose coins. That's what the market has shown this year. And the fact that these rewards are no longer letting you profit and barely even letting you recoup what you lost. That's the big issue in what I think the game this year is with casual players. And it's super, super negative on someone when they play the game weekly, they try and grind the game out and they can't make any progress. That is the worst thing in any type of game is putting all the time in and not being able to progress. So my advice going forward and in terms of how it's affected me, um, I did craft Mares. Um, He was a great card. I almost didn't do him at first. I do like him in real life as well. But I think what put me over the edge was if I completed Mares, it gave me two more untradeable players to throw into my team. And with me doing that, it's, it brought me in another 200,000 coins. And from here, I'm very, very liquid going forward. Black Friday's three weekends away now. And it's the same thing I'm telling everyone. This market, if you think it's bad now, things are going to look a lot worse on Black Friday because we're barely getting weak preview packs and we're getting lightning rounds that weekend. And from what I've seen a lot this year, despite what the market is showing, 
the way a lot of people try and, you know, combat it or try and stay on the level uh, with their accounts is they're still buying FIFA points. Uh, it's not like FIFA point spending is, is gone with the market going down. I mean, the casual players, I understand it. It's like, it's really annoying. Or now I'm losing coins on my team. I need to make it up. What do I do? I'm going to go load up some FIFA points. Ain't nothing wrong with it. But even when they go ahead and pack fodder or high rated cards, they're not making much out of it. But the FIFA point spending is still there, which is why I still think, right, despite you doing all these things with rank rewards, with div rivals, we're all just kind of stuck at that stalemate. So what I would tell everyone is if you're going to load up FIFA points, um, that's fine. Just try and go and tradable with your teams, right? And for the next few weeks, kind of see it out. And I think it'll be really good on you knowing that you're going to have a lot of coins going into Black Friday because you may have the coins for the top, top tier meta, which will probably stay there. But even if you don't, there's so many other cards that you're going to get to try at that point that are going to be really cheap. So yeah, I think in terms of what the market has done for us, it sucks that we can't try these new teams every week. Um, but I think to, to at least find a, a little solution or at least a way to kind of cope with it for a little while is go for an untradable team for the next two, three weeks for at least as many as you can. I, I went from one untradable card on my team to six now. So I'm slowly trying to find ways to add in. That's why also another big reason to do the base icon, right? Um, just find a way to use that card as well. Cause it's going to be really nice knowing by the end of black Friday with the uh, preview packs that you're going to have a lot of coins liquid. You're going to be able to make as many moves as you want. And um, honestly, when anyone has more coins in the game, it's going to be more fun for them. So that's my advice. Yeah. That's the tough thing. I know I've, I've experienced that this past couple of weekends. I've always kind of been, I've been, been able to basically buy some new players from the new team, play the weekend league, get my rewards. But because I've lost coins on my team, my rewards aren't giving me more money for the next week. All I'm doing is going around and around and around at the same coin balance, even after the weekly rewards with from rivals and weekly. So I've been in a, I've been in a tough situation. I think obviously you listen to that there and kind of figuring out for myself after after this weekend that right now I'm probably going to hold off on buying new players and trying them out and keep the same team for a few weeks, which isn't what I like to do on FIFA. I like the new teams coming out, trying the new cards every single week but unfortunately it's just not you can't do it which again probably is a little bit of reason why i'm a bit annoyed with the game right now but i don't know what else they can really do about it honestly because the market is the market i don't believe ea can really boost the market or at least boost the prices of these cards that we can pack anytime soon and jose for you what what are your thoughts on the market and you think it's affected you much or not so Yes and no, as far as the second question. Um, what I think about the market is it really is frustrating. Um, I'm sure to traders, I'm very much not one. Um, but unexpectedly, it's also had an effect on me as someone who plays primarily with a first owner squad. Um, that's kind of how I've always played. Even when I start a year of FIFA, you know, using players from the transfer market, always inevitably go to an untradeable team just because one, I feel like the narrative is uh, much more fun to play with the idea of a first owner player as opposed to someone you purchased. But um, you'd think at face value that it, the market wouldn't affect me because I'm not buying players. However, I also am not selling players for profit. Um, SBCs that I could fund via player sales from that one or two times a week, I get lucky and pack something valuable. That's a thing of the past when every player bar like six 
are worth over a hundred thousand coins and promo cards. Maybe it's just my luck this year, but they've felt as difficult to pack as ever. So in this kind of situation, you say, okay, well, it's the volume of packs over the quality of packs. That's going to get you through, but we don't have grindable packs unless it's a player picker, 78 plus upgrade during a promo. Um, so without league SBCs, that's not even an excuse. I can't generate coins via volume in that way. Um, so it, it's definitely something that EA have done intentionally. And I guess you could say this is a little cynical to, to think, but when you don't have a volume of packs to generate profit, it's a lot easier to turn to FIFA points. And like Slater said, EA are a huge company and they're smart they know what they're doing and they have the ability to manipulate the market and make it what they want it to be for example if you want to crash the market put in an icon sbc all the fodder goes up in price and that's where it is right now the market's on the floor like you've been talking about I'm sure there are rebounds whatever we're not here to talk about economics um what this does is it gives EA complete control and this is exactly what they want because more people are going to be buying FIFA points if it's the only way that they feel they can upgrade their squad. And then they release Icon SPCs to appease those who are frustrated by it. And it's JJ Okocha and Klosa who are hardly going to set the world alight. Uh, I say this before I get beat all weekend in uh, weekend league by those two guys. But it, this is very much intentional. Um, it is a little difficult and frustrating because it does affect my team as well. Um, and I, I think including preview packs when they did is another example of this. Um, that being said, I, I think if anything, this is just more incentive to like everybody's been saying, run an untradeable squad, live a little, you know, step outside, don't dedicate your entire life to this game and uh, recognize that with, something like this where you feel like you may not be getting the return for all the time it's okay to treat it as a game as opposed to a way of life um last thing here i think also the reason why we've been getting more packs overall with milestone rewards and rivals weekly upgrades and rivals and a more forgiving foot champs rewards along with foot champs qualification rewards is because of the quote-unquote pseudoscience of them giving you more packs thinking you're getting more out of it when ultimately the value that you're getting for those packs still doesn't meet what we had, for example, last year. Um, so everybody wanted more packs and they gave it to us at the cost of the profit you're making from those packs. I love that. I love that. Again, it's basically just basically a, an increased supply of stuff on the market and just the demand isn't there for it. So it's always going to be come, come at a lower price. So obviously, Jose, I know you are a... Uh, I wouldn't say you're a frequent FIFA point spender, but do you think the market this year has had an effect on your FIFA point spending at all or not? So it, it definitely did. Um, I had always kind of made it a point that like by the mid-year, I would try a, you know, no FIFA point um, kind of thing and do a very organic grind, put in some time to bronze packs, put in some time to league SBCs and really um, set a soft cutoff date for me to really flex my grind skills and for a little while um i was actually spending more fifa points because 
you know, work bonuses are going well, but also because <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't getting the return that I got last year from packing a bombing, packing a rash for like was brought up earlier. And it got to the point where I just got tired of it. I said, you know what, this isn't worth the money. Not that it's ever been don't buy finger points, but even for me, someone who had the, you know, expendable income, you could say, or the ability to purchase points, it wasn't worth it. Now imagine you're a kid who, you know, gets a small allowance every week and you put that into FIFA points and you get nothing for it, which has always been the case. But now, even if you get something good, you're unlikely to make the coins that you think you're deserving of. So I think it's a double-edged sword. And I think that's why soon my hypothesis is that we're going to get a lot of grindable content in the next few weeks to even, you know, months leading up to team of the year, because I think people will be less incentivized to buy FIFA points, especially now the preview packs are here. Yeah, I hope we do get content. And obviously, that was a big part of it as well, just to get us playing the game. I mean, if you're not spending money, whatever, you need other ways to, or I mean, other ways to kind of be on the game and play it as well. And that's what I want to roll into now, obviously. The, my top, I've written down on the outline what's wrong with the game currently. I know not everyone's hating the game. I know guys at Slayer who are loving it. Not always down to the pat luck, but obviously Slate has been he's doing pretty well the game this year. And I know Diego's on the fence and obviously Jose packing caca last night is maybe uh, turning them around a little bit. But I know a lot of people out there on obviously in the community, not just us on the podcast tonight, but obviously in the kind of the overall bigger picture in the community, that not people aren't enjoying it this year. And I will say it's weird. I know Diego mentioned earlier that gameplay this year is somewhat better than previous years. I think people aren't having an issue with gameplay as much as previous years but content this year i guess has been more lacking but jose for you first i know you're on the fence a little bit but what do you think right now is wrong with it and what would you change uh, kind of a short answer here with the game currently as far as gameplay uh overall overall really i mean okay. obviously maybe more content a little bit um but what you think right now is the issue that people are finding with the game yeah um i, I think it's a great question to follow up, but we were just speaking about quite simply, there's not much given to us that's worth grinding. Um, now, a lot of people, for example, Schwartzy, shout out Schwartzy, uh, they get a kick out of doing every single objective player. Um, now, for someone that either had a lot of pack luck or injected some FIFA points in the beginning, whatever you want to say, it, if they have a team they're satisfied with, a lot of these objective players don't make the cut unless they're doing them out of sheer boredom. Um, so I, I think it was really cool that we had milestone league players so early last year, such as the uh, Van Bergen card and the Gravenberge card from Air Divisi that everybody loved. Um, we obviously had the league specific cards like the Hector Bellerin that everybody used with the really cool dynamic images. Um, and we haven't gotten those just yet until the Reese Oxford that you mentioned earlier. And even that, um, for me personally, it's just not a card that I would do. And that's a very personal thing. I'm sure for a lot of people, it's a very good time spent. Um, but it feels like it's a much slower rollout of these grindable events. Um, everybody's always talked about the relation between FIFA and NBA 2K and how 2K has these grindable cards that, you know, the more you use a card, the more it'll uh, go up in stats. And it'd be really cool to implement that into FIFA as well. Um, for example, 
have a card that if you score 50 goals with a weak foot, they get a plus one weak foot upgrade. Something like that, that makes the experience feel a little more unique as opposed to feeling like you're coming up against these God squads that um, can suck the fun out of it gameplay wise. And this was a conversation I had on Twitter also, but really quickly, I feel like the game's taken a much more realistic turn and kind of stepped away from the arcade style gameplay that we felt in FIFA 12, 13, 14. Um, And with that, I think it does take a little bit of the fun away because it's become a lot more skill-based, which is great for the pros, for the people that um, love the skill gap and love the accomplishment of doing well, but it can alienate a lot of casual players. And when we talk about the FIFA fan base, 90% of them are very casual players who may even just only play squad battles if they're an ultimate team, or maybe they just play seasons and kickoff mode all year. Um, So recognizing that, I think it's, it's kind of a wicked storm that's affecting the enjoyability of the game. Yeah. I think, I think obviously sometimes it's hard for EA to cater towards everyone who that plays FIFA again. You've got the hardcore players, the pro players, casual people who again, probably like the arcadey feel to FIFA and people that don't even understand football properly or soccer, or whatever, they can log on, they can play FIFA and have fun with it with the arcade feel. Slayer, for you, I know you've been enjoying the game. I know you're probably not as many grabs as other people. But Slayer, how are you feeling about the game currently? And do you kind of understand where people are coming from when they say they don't enjoy the game this year? Uh, no, I don't, to be very blunt. I actually think that there's a bigger problem with our community than there is with the game itself. And I'll kind of explain what I think by that. Um, I will say first and foremost, I do think objective wise, they have dropped the ball. Um, I think for people that are grinding the game, especially because they catered to it more than they ever have, I thought last year. Um, and this year it looks like they've definitely reduced the content they give to the gameplay grinders. So I do think that part of the community having issues or, or being frustrated by how, what we've had so far in the game cycle, I do understand their gripes, but in terms of menu content, in terms of gameplay, in terms of the more, in my opinion, relaxed nature of this game, I think it's a massive positive. Um, and I'll explain why. First of all, in terms of content, we people want people want everything every day, right? And Icon SBC comes out yesterday. That stuff is, is supposed to not be completed in a day. No disrespect to you if you did it like Jose. That is a very, very expensive SBC, right? And they gave you player picks too. And the problem is that our community is obsessed with this game and they want a game that not only sustains your interest seven days a week, but for multiple hours a night. And that is not always an attainable thing for any video game, let alone FIFA. So if you go on and you grind the Icon SBC in a day and then Tuesday comes out and you're like, oh, all we got is a daily SBC. Well, it's like, well, you were supposed to do player picks and grind stuff in the game and work towards your rewards and play maybe draft for packs. You're supposed to do other things in the game to eventually get to that icon pack. Also let everybody know that I looked at Footbin, I looked at FIFA 21 and we did not have player picks, which we've had twice already this year. And we did not have the upgrade packs, which we've had twice already this year at this point in the game last year. All we had at this point in the game last year was an 81 plus UCL upgrade, which those were terrible if you remember those. And at one point an 81 plus double upgrade at this exact point in the game. So we are getting more grindable weekly content. We are getting what I think are really good player SBCs. I look at everyone's teams and they're filled with these guys and they're cards that people really, really like. So, and we're getting a weekend league that people used to complain about how toxic it was and it took too long. 
And now it's shorter and people are like, us. Oh, I don't feel as competitive as I used to. It's us. We're the problem. The game is not the issue. This is a very, very solid video game. I think the gameplay has gotten significantly better, although there's still stuff that pisses me off. And it will for all of us because we're all competitive and we're obsessed with this game. But you can play games now and get the same rewards almost that I did when I would try and get elite last year. I know we're not getting the same value in return, but you're also not putting in the same amount of time. And I feel like at the end of the day, that's a positive uh, trade off rather than a negative. So I do believe this is a really positive game from FIFA and EA. I feel like you uh, target me there a little bit with the competitiveness, but I do agree with you. Well, you and Rocco. I mean, I I talked to Rocco about it, too. And you guys were like, "I, I just don't. I know, I know, you know, I'm not as passionate about it. I was like, well, last year I go into your stream, my stream, any of these streams, and we'd be screaming. And then we'd be like, Weekend League was such a waste of time. Uh, and now we're like, uh, I'm not really that uh, interested in going for rank one now. And it's like, well, you can't have it both ways. You just can't have it both ways. Yeah. No, I, I like that take on honestly. I think definitely, I think there is a lot more, I guess, casualness to the game this year, which isn't really an it's not an issue i mean like i said there are probably people who are playing the game less and less this year but really do you think ea will care that people spend less time on the game if they're still making the same money that's the main thing really i think ea will they will care about the time spent on the game they care about the amount of games played whatever but i do think all in all that in, unless their money is going down they don't really care too much about it and i think obviously a lot of us are somewhat, I mean, if you've listened to podcasts, play FIFA a lot, you are somewhat in a hardcore kind of area of FIFA. I think there's a lot of people out there who say they've got a family, got kids and have much time in the week. It's a bonus for them. They don't have to play as much, many games. They're having to play a 30 or 40 game weekend league to get half decent rewards. Again, you can, you can get eight wins in a weekend league and then you can dip. Eight wins yeah. doesn't, shouldn't take you that long, really. And then you get a team of the week pack from that. Yes, it's not always great, and if you're not finding it great, welcome to the world of people who got elite last year, who the team of pack was never that good anyway. But at least you're getting that in the first place. But it is, it's a tough one. I know even for me too, I've had an issue with it again. I was like, oh, it's not as competitive. Like I kind of, I missed the 30 games a little bit. But thinking about it, yes, it's less stress, I guess. I don't know what I want from it really. Because again, part of me is like, I love being competitive. I love playing the 30 games and it was great to see that. But also now I guess it's just, you've got to get used to it being more casual. I think it's just the main thing is getting used to it the way it is. I think people don't like change a lot of time and they always want to compare it to the last year. But I do think we may see, or at least me as well, in a month or in a month, say two months time, that the way it is right now isn't actually that bad. Um, well, like how many times, for example, all of us, we all stream. Um, how many times did you, I feel like last year people would come into your chat and like their first messages are like, like they're using their curse and they're like, I'm four and seven, like I'm five and eight or I'm eight and eight, whatever, like F this game, I'm going to break my control, whatever. And now it's kind of like people come in your chat and they're like, I'm six and six. And they're like, maybe a little mad, but it's like, I'll just get to eight wins and dip. And I feel like that is a positive change for us. I thought people were way too, myself included, I'm hyper competitive, obsessed with their rank. It defined who they were. It was like a big part of your FIFA experience and people would get down on themselves if they weren't a gold three, two, one. They weren't that level that they wanted to get to. And I don't think that's a part of the game anymore. I think that's a positive. And I also think that a lot of us that play FIFA in this community that are listening to this podcast, we are, yeah, we're the hardcore group of people in this game. We play FIFA all the way through for the most part. And so we just came from a time where you were getting player picks every week, 85 times 10s, 90 times fives. Your teams were crazy. 
you have to remember that we're in the first month of the game. If your team is correct in the first month of the game, you won't really care too much anymore about improving your team and EA will lose you as a consumer quicker. There is a, there's a curve to the game and you have to follow the power curve. If you are maxed out with the best team right away due to crazy grindable content that's coming out all the time, it just, it would actually kill the game cycle for you and for EA for their consumers. So it, I think we're getting a really good dose of content this early in the game. I think it's, it's been positive. And um, I think people need to kind of remove themselves from, you know, the content we were getting at the last end of FIFA and realize that we're still only five, six weeks into this game cycle. Yeah, that's the important thing. I know obviously Chewy Boy mentioned a while back, I can't remember where, but EA know that as soon as you get that kind of God squad, you play the game less. So that's why they're trying to slow the power curve. So you kind of want to grind the game out, want to play it even more. Jose, I know you've got something to say here. Go on. Yeah, I feel like power curve is your like trigger word. As soon as someone brings that up, Bristo, you hit that subject nail on the head. Um, it, and it's very true. Um, Slater made two amazing points which are both very true about weekend league and about um, whatever you just said that I totally just forgot, but <laughs> oh, the power curve, the power curve, my bad. <laughs> the uh. power curve. Um, so yes, as far as weekend league, a hundred percent, this is a much better move for the casual and for the dedicated player. Um, I've seen a lot of pros say that they would like one more rank above 16 and four, which is something I don't really aspire to achieve. So I'll withhold opinion there, but I f do feel like a hypocrite when I say I, I love hitting eight wins and having the rest of my weekend. And then also sitting there and saying, well, what do I do now? You know what I mean? And um, tempering expectations is definitely a big thing that I think the community as a whole needs to do. And now it, it does feel like I'm in this limbo of, you know, wanting to grind but also not wanting to experience uh, life destruction, <laughs> destruction, losing 10 nil every game um, and experiencing life. So that brings me to a, a big question. That I've been wondering, um, are promos too high rated or coming too often such that either you do get a taste of these Uber cards that, um, make you step away from the game once you've got a God squad like Slater just alluded to, or do they cause us to expect too much to the point where we as a community are feeling unfulfilled because of our expectations based on the content we're getting? I think it's more to do with the fact that we're getting content so much now compared to say three, four years ago when there wasn't a promo every single week. And obviously if Rule Breakers finishes on Wednesday or tomorrow, obviously when the day this comes out, but I think now we're, we're expecting a promo every single week. And what Slater mentioned too is that we expect something every single day in the old days. Team of the week was the only thing we ever got. We got Tots and then we got Team of the Year. But apart from that, that's all we got. And I know Diego sitting there quietly waiting for your turn here. Diego, what are your kind of thoughts on this? Do you, do you understand what people are kind of saying with the game, having an issue with it? Or you think they're kind of being a bit, bit silly there? Uh, I can, I can see it on both ends, but overall, I kind of want to say you are kind of silly. Um, cause while the extremists, right. Are the ones that complain the most about the game. I've seen plenty of people in my chat that have worked their way around it. Um, if there's not enough for you to do, but you want to play it hours on, go make a new account. I mean, I, I've seen plenty of guys that have done that before. Um, I've got someone in my chat. We all know him, Butter. Uh, the kid ends up running three accounts 
no complaints at all, man. He's like, I don't have anything to do. I'm gonna go make another account. There's ways to work around it because like we said, Slater made a really good point. I didn't realize this till right before I started streaming yesterday. I was just looking through my calendar and I was like, oh, I was like, we're about to hit maybe what, month three? We're a month and two weeks into the game. And that just kind of hit me. I, I really had felt like we are so deep into the game, but that's because I've been grinding the game a lot. Despite how people are saying there's not much to do, for me, I've been able to space it out and I've really enjoyed the game this year. Um, like I said, I'm not done with the base icon yet uh, because of the state of the market. What am I doing? I'm not going out and buying that fodder immediately, but I want to do it uh, in a more fun way. For me, I like doing BPM. I like grinding player picks because I'm either going to get something to throw into the base icon or I'm going to get some clip worthy or something that goes right into my team. There's just something there's an excitement with it. Like it's just the fact that I get to open more picks, packs in, in terms of like waiting out. What I've done throughout this year so far is when they released those, uh, like last week we got the 78 plus packs. I didn't do them. So I kind of took a week off grinding packs because I know player picks are a lot more fun. They're a lot more valuable. And to me, that's what I want to use my time with the most. And that's where I see anyone complaining. Oh my God, like they don't give us enough this. They don't give us enough that. You used all your club on packs last week, which I tell everyone are terrible. And then you come to me complaining that they were awful. And now you have nothing to do. Don't do them next week. We're good. We're probably not going to get player picks next week, knowing how EA's gone this year. And then people are going to want to grind something, but you can just wait a little bit. There's drafts. There's, you know, objectives to work on. There's milestones. Now, what I think EA could do um, that I think Slater did hit on, and I think we all agree, is I think if we got one more gameplay objective a week, just one more card to add into it, that would definitely bridge the gap onto the next week of promos. And with milestones like Oxford, as Jose said, why don't you do something like playing 300 rivals games with that card or something? And they'll get higher ratings throughout the year that would kind of level out something that'll take a while, but by using the card, it'll get upgrades. And like, it's going to give you more of a long-term value because guess what? Even if, you know, long-term value, Oh, he gets a plus two. If I play 150 games, He's still terrible in game. Well, guess what? That plus two goes into fodder for an SBC. These things can totally be used in different aspects of the game, but everyone just wants to really pinpoint on, oh my God, they need better player picks. Oh my God, we need upgrades. Uh, wow, we did, we only got a daily SBC today. Yeah, yesterday they gave us almost a million coins worth of SBCs and content, but you want to complain that, you know, the same thing that's going on today. So, I mean, EA know what they're doing. And also we have to kind of take a step back and realize, right, that when you market yourself, you're not going to completely sell out in one go. Why would they do that? That doesn't make any sense at all. Um, right. Like you said, with rule breakers going out tomorrow, Bristol, um, it's simple. People aren't going to be patient tomorrow, right? They're going to want to play their weekendly qualifiers and open packs. They're going to want to do everything. And then they're going to complain that nothing is in packs when literally you can wait till Friday when we'll probably get something. And I do see the whole silliness in the game for an aspect like how these high expectations are set with promos and uh, preview packs and upgrades. It was Monday yesterday, and I have plenty of people coming into chat saying, hey, do you know what promo is coming out on Friday? Uh, has, has EA dropped anything? No, they never do. They never drop anything on Monday. We really don't ever know till Wednesday or Thursday. And I see everyone just wants to be at 100 speed all the time, just thinking, 
what, what is EA going to do? Are they going to give us five icons, one every single day? If they did that, you would literally not be able to play the game. There's no way. You'd have to actually load FIFA points on or be a top 100 trader in the world, which there's more than 100 of us playing, so that's impossible. So there is no way you can sit here and want an icon every day, want a hero pack, a, a party pack the next day, and, and then expect, you know, I can do it all. If they even gave it to us, you wouldn't be able to do it. There's no way without loading up or anything. So, yeah, I think the whole expectations thing, relax. We're six, week, we're six weeks in. It's going to get a lot better. And I, I've already think I've really enjoyed it this year. It's been so fun. Um, I'm already thinking of uh, trying to get more untradeable cards. I, I will be really excited just packing untradeable cards that I have tradable on my team. That's the excitement I get out of it. Um, it's fun. I think these little things are fun. I'm going to get a promo every week. I'm not worried about packing the best card every week. I'm not worried about needing Mbappe or Neymar in my team. I'm not worried about that. The main guys that I've seen complain about, you know, being bored of the game are the top tier kids that aren't pros, but have spent loads of money on FIFA points and have the best team in the game. So for me, it's like, you can use another team. Or that was you. You spent a lot of money. And, and to me, I think you got your money's worth because you have a really good team. So, I mean, it's on you. You decided to do that. It's not a bad thing, but I mean, it kind of reflects how you feel about the game. You've got the best team. I don't have anywhere near the best team. And I hope, you know, maybe who knows how close it'll be till I can have a team like that. But when I do, it'll be fun. And knowing the grind that it took me to get there is like the whole part of enjoying this game. I don't want to have the best team in week one. I just don't. I, I'm not a pro player. I like grinding the content out. I like showing that there are going to be weeks where I'm not going to pack anything for a while, but then there's that week where everything's just hitting left and right and you're testing your luck and it makes it exciting. That's the thing. You've got to be excited. You've got to, you can't expect everything. It's, I know I've been ranting on this long, but it's just, we deal with this every year. And I do have to say it like as Slater hit it, the community is a big, a big part of the uh, negativity that we get on the game. It's really hard for EA to satisfy everyone and even the slightest thing that one person doesn't like will spread to a lot of people and all of a sudden boom this part of the game is awful when really take a step back relax right what you do today it's not the same tomorrow gonna wake up all things are gonna be the same just relax a little bit man we want to play this game all year the same people that also say this game's dead it's boring i don't want to play it they're playing the next day playing the day after that so what's the point of doing it you know like you're complaining for no reason, man. Just sit back and enjoy, bro. I promise it'll be a fun year. I really have liked it so far this year and we're just getting started. So I think it's gonna be a good year. Yeah, that's one tough thing. I think definitely people don't realize that the game's been out for what, six weeks. If the game is gonna continue all the way through till August, whatever, next year, they've got to do it this way. The power curve has to be slow. Things have to be slowly released. I don't think this year is too dissimilar from last year, but I do think people's attention span and kind of, I wouldn't say neediness, but the kind of want for stuff straight away is getting worse and worse each year, where that's because EA is slowly ramping up the content, so people will just expect it more now. But it is getting tough for kind of them to satisfy a lot of people within the community. I think this year, more than any other year, we're seeing it getting worse, but whether we get to FIFA 23 and it's the same old thing, just getting worse and worse this year, it remains to be seen. I think that hearing everybody speak um i'm realizing that for once i actually have a healthy relationship with this game and uh me wondering if i was like losing interest in the game was just me realizing that there's a life outside of it because I, I and 
obviously that's half joking, but thinking about the last year we've had with so many people stuck inside their homes for so long and FIFA being their main game, that could possibly contribute to an unrealistic expectation as far as what to expect from the game. And the fact that this game is not necessarily intended to give you 24 hours of content every day, but rather a content drop at some point every day, giving you something worth logging into. And um, I think possibly because everybody's played the game so much over the last year or so, FIFA 21, that is, um, that could possibly buy into people's unrealistic thoughts about what's going on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, Hose is basically telling you guys to to touch grass if there is if there's grass <laughs> near to you. But also, one final thing in this before we move on to the last point, just I think one thing with this also is that now that games, now that FIFA games are going all the way until the next cycle, we're not having a massive gap in between to kind of forget about the end of the last game. Again, thanks for mentioning that too. We're so used to having again the 85 times 10s, these kind of 98, 99 rated cars all the time that we kind of forget really what the start of the game is really like. I think in previous years going back, there's always like a two, three month break between the end of the game and the next one for you to kind of reset and go again. But I think more and more now this year is it not, it's not really a gap between each game and that massive jump from say using like a, a 98, 99, like Verratti, Cunha, those kind of guys from last year to then using like an 80 rated player. You kind of think like, oh, what's going on here? You want that kind of the good players straight away. So it's a tough one there. I do want to go on to the last thing here. We've had these season two updates of Rivals and Champs released on Twitter just for a record of this. I know there was a bit of kind of no one knew what was going to happen, but they finally come out and said it. I'm a little bit annoyed it's only come out two days before the start of the new season, but at least they've given us the information, which I think they're slowly trying to do better with, which is obviously great to hear. Um, but from what they've said is that if you are in Div 6 or up, so say Div 6, 5, Four, three, two, one in the elite division. You'll get relegated two divisions. Seven and eight, you only get relegated one division. And then nine and ten, there is no relegation there. The qualification points needed has gone up from 1.5k to 2,000. And they've also increased the master rewards, but there has not been any change to any other rewards. Quickly, guys, not too long in this one here. Slate for you first. Do you think the season two changes are good? What do you think? I mean, you have much opinion on these or not? Yeah, I, I will. I first would agree that it came out way too late um and i ea and communication have always been kind of one i think they're they're bigger achilles heels honestly um whether it's their direct communication or their twitter page or how they release this video right i think that they definitely need to communicate more with their fan base and user base um at a quicker pace but i actually wish that you got relegated further back i kind of really like the journey of division rivals and i the, the system we went to the previous years, I missed being in Div 10 and kind of like having that like road to glory nostalgia feel. It reminded me of like watching a Spencer FC video, like and, and kind of riding that 10 to Div 1 wave and feeling accomplished when you got there. And you saw a lot of people posting on social media every time they would get from Div 4 to 5 to 3 to 2 to 1 to the elite division because it was really, really cool. And in the, in the previous years, you've gotten a division if you were good enough, you stayed in it the whole time and it kind of became a very stale game mode. Uh, so I do wish we actually got relegated further back um, and kind of, I wouldn't mind if everyone started at 10 again. I know that might be har harmful for the lower division players, but I like the idea of the journey um, up the qualification points. I think that it's definitely not 
uh, positive to increase it because once again, lower division players do not get the same number of points. So hindering a part of your community is never, I think, a positive. So I don't like that at all. But uh, the one thing I would say is that I definitely think they need to get this information. I literally was having a conversation on TikTok today with a, a viewer in our comments. We were both going back. I don't know when we're getting, when I'm getting relegated to. I don't know when that's happening. I don't even know if your qualification is going to count. And this was all today. Um, and the season ends on Thursday. And now we have this video. So that should be released quicker. It's not a ton of crazy changes, but um, nothing too drastic that's going to really change your gameplay experience. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're not on Twitter, especially to, I don't know, don't know how you're going to find out the information. Hopefully, they put it in the game somehow. But yeah, I mean, they could have released this way early. Diego, for you, uh, much opinions on this one or not? Um, No, I just, I think, like I said, it's not going to affect you crazy. Uh, the only thing I would say is I wish they would just stack the milestone rewards. I mean, if you're going all the way up to 90 games, why not add on? Honestly, like if you look from 20 to 50 to 90, I believe that's how the milestones work. Um, if they were to stack it to 90, because I do think, you know, that's well worth it. I mean, 90 games over a span of a season, it's not like we're getting these milestone packs in two weeks. It's basically what close to way longer than a month. Uh, just stack those two packs. It's like two or three extra packs. Um, I don't think it makes a big deal, um, especially with what they think of the market. It definitely doesn't make a big deal. Just add it on to the 90 games and it'll feel more accomplishing even to the more casual player too knowing that I didn't just get the 91, I got the 51, I got the 21. It's just, it's a nice feeling for someone. So I wish they did add them together. But what I do like in general is that the fact that we got an update for this season two, we're going to get an update for season three, season four, we're going to see some type of change always. So obviously they they do listen to us in the sense of they do get positive and negative feedback. Whenever things are good, they're going to hear it, or at least I'd want them to hear it. So when they hit right on certain things like this, which it could be in rivals and champs, they should let it be known and hopefully things will stick. So I like the fact that they're just changing things in general. I mean, that means they're going to get some type of feedback. So I do like that. Um, relegating, I, I'm okay with the two divisions. I do think the closer you get to the elite division, there should be more um, spots in between um, checkpoints just because I think there are a lot of people in the elite division, not even trying to be the, you know, the dude that's like, Oh my God, you shouldn't be an elite division player. No, I have people that get there and complain, which I understand are saying, yo, this is not fun. I'm not really enjoying it. I'm playing against these crazy good players and I can't get relegated. Um, and I think that sucks. I, I really don't think anyone should have to get stuck in a whole season out in a division that they don't enjoy that will hurt them, you know, going longer into the game. So for me, Definitely put more checkpoints getting to the elite division. Also, for any viewer that always tells me, why can I get relegated? That's so dumb. What can they do? Listen, this is what you can do. Let your ego and your record go. Win a game. Give a game away. Win a game. Don't hit the checkpoints. That's all you got to do. Just don't hit the checkpoints. I did it for two weeks straight because um, I got to Division One really early, and I saw what the elite division looked like. And it was pros left and right, just bodying people. I'm not a pro. I didn't want to deal with that. So what I do when I was in division one, I needed my seven wins. I won a game. I gave a game away. I won a game. I gave a game away. I never got to the elite division until I was ready. If I can do it, dude, anyone can. So that's the only advice I have to give to people complaining about getting relegated. Give games away. It doesn't matter what your record is, man. Not at all. I love that voice, actually. I think that's great. Um, Jose, if you ever get near the elite division, Take that in mind, all right. And how is it for you? What are your thoughts on these season two updates? Noted. Thank you, Bristow. Ever so helpful. 
<laughs> Sounds like Diego said to touch grass. <laughs> the second time, second reminder of this podcast. Um, I honestly haven't had an issue with rivals at all. Um, like Diego said, I've actually done something similar. Um, I've had no intention of making it up to the elite division. Um, I know my place. <laughs> I've let go of the ego. Um, and that is a smart method to prevent getting quote unquote stuck up there because obviously there's no relegation this year. Um, I will say I would have preferred everybody get dropped to Div 10, like Slater alluded to. Um, I think that um, it, it makes it a lot more fun. The spontaneity and not knowing who you're going to get matched up against in the beginning of the season, while also seeing the inevitable progression, if you allow it, um, getting up because there's less good players in the division that you're at the longer you wait. Um, so I had absolutely no problem with starting out in Div 10. I would have preferred it. Um, as far as uh, only re- getting relegated two spots since I'm in Div 2, I have no problem with that at the same time. Like, it, it's not a deal breaker for me. I will say updating milestone rewards, it'd be awesome to see like a, a base icon pack as part of the milestone rewards. Um, if you do all 90 games, something like that, or maybe even like a base icon pack for milestone two and a mid icon pack for milestone three. That way there's a very clear incentive um, for getting that 90 games done as opposed to win or lose, as opposed to, oh, here's another 25K pack where I'm going to get my 97th Gosens of the year. So uh, I think something like that, like I think the milestones part is where you put a, in a, a quote-unquote God-tier level pack or something that's completely unique in 82 times 25, that kind of thing. I, I think that's something that first everybody can achieve, but also you have to put in time to reach. So I think it checks all the marks and also gives a cheeky little reward to the people who actually put in the effort. Yeah, I like that. Again, just trying to change up a little bit, something different. Again, more incentive to play the game and to kind of give more advantage to those guys who are going to sit there and ground the game out because um, there's a lot of guys who will, will do whatever it takes to get to that point. And obviously we had the, uh, the 500 goals and 500 assists at the beginning of the game. And people got those done in like four hours, sat there playing score battles, four hours straight. People will grind the game if you give them stuff to do. I do want to go through our guests and where you can find them. Slayer, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, Twitter, Twitch, uh, YouTube, and TikTok, Slater AC. If you type that in, I think some of them have an underscore. But I think if you type in Slater AC, I am kind of the the dude there. Um, so you should be able to find me and my logo. I'm on Monday through Friday uh, at around 6 p.m. Central Time, midnight UK on Twitch. Um, and the weekends are kind of a little bit iffy as to when I do and do go, don't go live. And you are posting daily content reviews on Twitter and on YouTube as well, aren't you? Yeah, uh, if you guys want to know what comes out in the game at Content Drop um, in the quickest possible time with my opinion on what I think you should and shouldn't do, I do post every single day on Twitter and on YouTube um, those things. So you can go on in two minutes, figure out what the heck is in the game, what I think about it, whether you disagree or agree or not, um, and then move on and figure out if you want to complete them for the rest of the day. Sounds good. Jose, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, <coughs> OnlyFans, <coughs> at Jose and Chill. <laughs> I, I stream usually Wednesday through Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 12.30 a.m. UK. Surprisingly enough, I have a life. Um, I didn't expect it, but 
the stream schedule can be a little inconsistent at times. So um, definitely do follow the Twitter, join the Discord so you can keep up to date with all that stuff. Um, starting to post more on TikTok, you can check out the Kaka Pack poll there. So yeah. I thought he said something else then. <laughs> and Diego, oh <laughs> Diego, where can people find you? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitch and TikTok as Simply DGR. And uh, that's mainly the two uh, platforms I'm using. Uh, right now, we are kind of stream streaking. Uh, that's how much fun I've had with this game uh, since the game came out day one. I've streamed every day since this came out. Um, it'll probably come to an end next weekend uh, for a friend's birthday party going out of town. But uh, the usual schedule was Wednesday through Sunday uh, going live anytime from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central. Just kind of seeing what content and what kind of things we could do on stream. But uh, that's all we do. We just share play packs, open my own packs, uh, run the gameplay, try to give you guys the best advice at running a road to glory without, you know, having to completely kill your clubs or, you know, getting a bit of all types of content to still enjoy. So that's really what we do over there. Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. And again, if you are listening to this, make sure to follow us over on Twitter at Footsec Pod for all things FIFA related and to keep up to date with all things to do with the podcast. New episodes released every single Wednesday. So make sure you follow us to be notified every time a new episode comes out. Mm-hmm.